the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. So they lived in the shadow of death constantly. Upon them, light has dawned. Listen, any person who is living without Christ sits in darkness and lives in the shadow of death constantly. Jesus came to call us out of darkness, spiritual darkness. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Have you ever felt consumed by darkness? Have you ever felt stuck in your toxic thoughts with seemingly no way out? Today, Pastor Dan wants you to know that the only way to get rid of the darkness in your life is through Jesus. Give your life to Him and experience serenity like never before. Darkness doesn't have to have a hold on your life, and God wants nothing more than to change you from the inside out. You'll never be able to fix it all on your own. Give your burdens to God and be set free. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 4 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. chapter 4. Occasionally, I I get emails from listeners, and I got one uh, last week that I just want to read to you. This is written from a, a woman named Patty, and she says, currently my husband is incarcerated in a state facility in Baltimore, Maryland. He was just moved there about a month ago and was able to get your daily broadcast every morning at 5.30 a.m. Our phone calls are filled with catching up on the day, but also what God is teaching us every minute of every day. There's so much that God has proven. He is faithful and he is to be trusted. One of our talking points now, however, includes, what did Pastor Dan talk about today? (laughs) This is because I listened to the sermon of the day also. We are discussing marriage relationships in regards to the fall of man and wives' desire to control her husband, and Cain being the expected seed that would make things be all right again, and so on and so forth. We're currently broadcasting Genesis on the radio show. So uh, much more, much, much more, but it has been an added blessing to both listen and discuss your messages every day. Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord for that. And listen, that's fruit to your account, because you guys support the ministry here. So, and look at that. I, I use technology in the pulpit, right? <laughs> yeah, now you guys are getting, that was the beginning of the end. Remember that time he used his phone? Ever since then, everything's changed. All right, Matthew chapter 4, beginning of verse 12. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, 
that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. He called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. And those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So now we come to the beginning of Jesus' Galilean ministry. About a year has passed since his temptation in the wilderness uh, and, and now we come into this, the Galilean ministry. And so there's this year between verses 11 and 12 in your Bible. John's gospel fills in that gap for us and tells us what, about Jesus's ministry uh, during that year. Gives us details that Matthew doesn't include. I, I recommend that you uh, pick up a book called uh, A Harmony of the Gospels by A.T. Robertson, A Harmony of the Gospels. Some of you that have study Bibles, you may even have A Harmony of the Gospels in your study Bible. Uh, you may be able to find that reference book on, online for, for free. Uh, A Harmony of the Gospels by A.T. Robertson. I looked yesterday to see if there was an app of The Harmony of the Gospels. There's not. Uh, if you look in the app store, uh, the Oak Ridge Boys apps come, comes up, you know, I guess because Harmony Gospels, and that's what they think you're looking for. But uh, anyways, that book will help you with the chronology of the four Gospels and how the four Gospels all fit together. And again, John fills in the details of the first year of Jesus's ministry uh, in John chapters 1 to 4. So we know from John's Gospel that John the Baptist continued to point people to Jesus Christ and say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus has already worked his first miracle, turning water to wine at the wedding in Cana. He's cleansed the temple for the first time during the Passover. Uh, he's had the conversation with Nicodemus, telling Nicodemus, You must be born again. He's had the conversation with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Uh, so a lot has already happened in the ministry of Jesus before he begins his ministry in the Galilee. Verse 12 tells us, now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, 
he departed to the Galilee. So he was down in the area of Judea. He hears that John has been put in prison and he departs to the Galilee. Now, John the Baptist was put into prison by Herod Antipas, the son of one of the sons of Herod the Great. And John was put into prison because he spoke out against Herod's immorality. Publicly. Now, Herod, of course, was a Roman. And Herod did not believe the Bible. And Herod did not believe in the God of the Bible. Herod, as a Roman, he had a different moral standard that he lived by. He lived by Roman morality. And according to Roman morality, Roman standards, Herod's behavior was perfectly acceptable. It was normal. And yet John still condemned him according to the scriptures. In fact, John said what Herod was doing was not lawful according to the word of God. John applied the law of God to Herod, even though Herod was a non-believer. I point that out because the word of God is the standard by which all people will be judged, whether they believe it or not. So when a person is practicing some immorality or, or wickedness, it's appropriate for us to confront them with the truth of Scripture. Whether they're a believer or or not, whether they believe the Bible or not, it's important for us, it's appropriate for us to confront them with the truth of Scripture. John confronted Herod publicly, and he was thrown into prison for speaking truth. He was ultimately beheaded. Uh, So when you do confront somebody with the truth of Scripture, just keep that in mind. That could happen, I suppose, you know. So now John's ministry, he's the forerunner who came before the Lord to prepare the way. His ministry comes to an end, and Jesus steps into the fullness of his own ministry. Again, verse 12 says, when Jesus heard that John was put into prison, he departed to Galilee. He goes into Galilee, not out of fear of Herod Antipas. Jesus is the respecter of no men. He's not not fleeing from Herod. By going to Galilee. And in fact, Herod Antipas ruled over the region of the Galilee. And so understand what's happening here. Jesus actually went into the area ruled by Herod Antipas right after John was put into prison by Herod Antipas. And why would he do that? Well, Luke chapter 4, verse 14 says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to go to Galilee into Herod's territory. Now, if you and I were making this decision in the flesh or relying upon our human wisdom or human reason, we'd stay as far away from the Galilee as we can. We wouldn't go near the Galilee because Herod might throw us into prison also. But Galilee is where the Spirit led Jesus to go. You know, the Holy Spirit may lead us to do something that seems counter to logic or counter to to, to reason or human wisdom. That's why it's important for us to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh, not rely upon our flesh, to be led by the Spirit. It's important for us to pray and seek the Lord for guidance and direction. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's the key. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And so Jesus goes to Galilee now, led by the Spirit. And he goes to Galilee to minister. The Galilee at this point in Jesus' day was 
was heavily populated. Uh, It's estimated that two million people lived in the Galilee in that time. Uh, The historian Josephus writes that there were over 200 cities in the Galilee with a population of 15,000 people or more. So there's some large cities there for the day. And the people of Galilee, listen, the people of the Galilee were actually the most religious Jews in all of the world in the time of Jesus. They were more knowledgeable of the Bible than most Jews anywhere else. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. You see that demonstrated in the book of Acts, where the disciples uh, share passages of Scripture from memory, in some cases, long passages of Scripture from, from memory. Galileans were known, listen, they were known for their great reverence for the scriptures. They were passionate students of the word. They were known for their intense study of the of the Bible and their desire to faithfully live by it. That's where Jesus went. That's where Jesus went. That's where Jesus spent most of his time. That's where Jesus did most of his ministry. Not in Jerusalem. But in Galilee, among people who loved God and loved his word passionately. Now, that, that causes me to ask the question, am I the kind of person Jesus would want to hang out with? Do I love God in his word passionately? Now, after Jesus returned to the Galilee, he first went to Nazareth. That's where he grew up. But he was rejected in Nazareth. That's recorded in Luke chapter 4, if you're taking notes. And so he moved from Nazareth to Capernaum. Look at verse 13. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, that would be the Sea of Galilee, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Now, Capernaum will become Jesus' headquarters for the next two years until he goes to the cross to die for the sins of the world. Uh, In Matthew chapter 9, verse 1, Capernaum is called his his own city. Uh, Today, if you go to the city of Capernaum, the ancient city of Capernaum, on the gate to the city, it says Capernaum, the town of Jesus. I like that. Now, this move to Capernaum was a strategic move for his ministry. Nazareth was a small village of maybe three to four hundred people. 
and it was uh, off all of the main roads. It was kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was up in the mountains on a ridge, and it was difficult to get to, and it was isolated. Most importantly, it was isolated from the outside world. Capernaum is the opposite of Nazareth. Capernaum was a city. More importantly, it sat on the major trade route in the Middle East called the Via Maris or the Way of the Sea that connected Europe and Asia and Africa. So anybody traveling, any traders traveling through Europe, Asia, Africa, they pass right by the city of Capernaum. So Capernaum was an international city with people from all over the world passing through that town all the time. So by moving to Capernaum, Jesus would reach a much broader audience and the news of Jesus will spread quickly throughout the region, as we're going to see later in chapter 4. Notice also that this move to Capernaum fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. Again, we see that in verse 14, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. And then Matthew quotes the prophecy in verses 15 and 16. Uh, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali were two separate areas that bordered each other, much like Maryland and Virginia. And note the order given in this prophecy. Zebulun is mentioned first, then Naphtali. Nazareth was in the land of Zebulun, and Capernaum was in Naphtali. So Jesus moved from Zebulun to Naphtali. So even the names are given in the correct order in this prophecy. And this prophecy is from the book of Isaiah chapter 9. It's written about 800 years before Christ. Notice in verse 15, the way of the sea is mentioned. That's that major trade route that passed by Capernaum, the Via Maris. And the area is called Galilee of the Gentiles. Galilee of the Gentiles. And why is it called Galilee of the Gentiles? It's called Galilee of the Gentiles because in the days of Isaiah... The Assyrians invaded the territory from the north on that Via Maris, and they conquered the Galilee. And they took most of the Jewish people that were living in the Galilee away as slaves to Assyria. And then the Assyrians brought Gentiles or non-Jews from other regions into the the Galilee area and and resettled them there, repopulated the Galilee with, with Gentiles from elsewhere. So the Galilee had a large Gentile population. Even in the days of Jesus, it still had a large Gentile population. The prophecy here is that the Messiah will come to Galilee of the Gentiles. Not Jerusalem. But to Galilee of the Gentiles. The fact that Jesus spent most of his ministry in Galilee of the Gentiles emphasizes that Jesus came to be the Savior of the whole world. Not just Jews, not Jews only, but the Savior of anyone who puts their trust in him and his death and resurrection. It's something what he's doing here is much bigger than just the Jewish people. As we're going to see, look at verse 16. It says the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death. That's Galilee, because when foreign empires would invade, they would invade into the Galilee. So they lived in the shadow of death constantly. Upon them, light has dawned. 
listen, any person who is living without Christ sits in darkness and lives in the shadow of death constantly. Jesus came to call us out of darkness, spiritual darkness. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Those living in the Galilee, sitting in spiritual darkness, living in the shadow of death, under the threat of, of death, constantly to them, the light of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came. I love this. N- not, not to the, the religious people down in Jerusalem, but to Galilee of the Gentiles, to people sitting in darkness, to people living in the shadow of death. Jesus came. Verse 17 says, from the time he moved to Capernaum, Jesus began to preach. And I want you to note that here. He began to preach. Now, Jesus, of course, is God. And Jesus could have done anything he wanted to, to reveal himself to mankind and to communicate his message to mankind. And what did Jesus do? He chose to preach of all the things. He chose to preach. Preaching was his method of getting his message out to the world. I don't know. Isn't that something? The God of the universe. I mean, he could arrange the stars to spell it out. You know, he could have flocks of birds spell out words if he wants. You know, he could do anything. He chooses to preach. That's his method. And what did Jesus command us to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. All of us here, we're, we're commanded to preach. We're commanded to be preachers of the gospel. So what does it mean to preach? The word preach means to proclaim or to declare or to publish a message. Preaching, listen, preaching is not arguing with somebody. Preaching is not debating. Preaching is not trying to convince someone. Preaching is not even a dialogue or a discussion or a conversation. You hear that a lot now. We're going to have a conversation. To preach is to simply state the truth of what God tells you to state. To preach is to make a declaration. And then people either believe the truth stated or they refuse to believe. For example, if I declare to you that there is coffee available in the lobby. That's a statement of fact. And, and you can choose to believe me or not. But we, we don't need to debate. We don't need to have a discussion. We don't need to have a conversation about coffee. There's coffee in the lobby. That, I'm just declaring it to you. And Jesus came to preach. He did not come to dispute or argue or have a dialogue or have a conversation. He came to proclaim. He, he came to just declare. He commands us to proclaim the gospel to everyone, to just simply declare it to to people. 
And the Bible tells us some people will believe it, and sadly, most people will not believe it, the Bible says. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website, too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family. It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.